0: All right, and welcome back to Beekeep Keep Radio. Once again, it's Insight here. Tonight we have Welshie What's and our special on? guest. Man, shut up. I'm doing the intro. Sorry, sorry. Damn, our special guest tonight, we got Cabby in the house. What's up, guys? Cabby Sound, Santa Fe's premier local expert for all your recording. You doing mixing now, too? You want, you want to do people's mixing, too?
1: Thank you, yes, I do yeah. all kinds of services that come with audio type
0: stuff, yeah. So the man, basically... The guy who can do what you need him to do. Well, hey, thanks for coming in, man. Um, Thank you for having me. And, hey, thanks so much for showing me around your pad yesterday. That was really enlightening. You got a sweet spot. You've just done a whole bunch of new work. It's looking like it's coming along really nicely. A lot of forethought. And I like the, the angle that you, you know, you're... You say you've done it on a budget. Come on, man. This is a nice build you're doing. This is like, Thank you. you know, a lot of thought gone into that for sure. So how long has that been going on? Thank you. Yeah, we've been building for about five weeks.
1: Um, we're, we're basically done. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's going really well. It come out better than I was expecting. And, yeah, I mean, there is some forethought there. Um you know, with the construction techniques and things like that, we, we did use like two by six instead of two by four. Um, we use ultra touch instead of standard fiberglass installation. We use a uh, soundboard as well as drywall, uh, <clears throat> excuse me to, um, cut down on transfer between rooms and, you know, things like that. Like we're trying to use like real techniques that people use in this field. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not a professional studio builder at this point, but I'm learning. So
0: Yeah, you had me fooled for sure. Going in there was <laughs> amazing. Oh Welsh, you would have loved to have seen it. Yeah, and you'll even come in. The, you'll a glass out. in this place. Not even set square. Set it off at an angle. Deal with some of those long waves. What do you mean off Pretty at impressive. an angle? So if you're running two sets of glass in, in between two rooms, if you put them parallel you'll give yourself some problems. Oh, because it reverberates. Yeah, in but, there. S- but setting them off at an angle, right? You can deal with some problems. That's just one of the things you pointed out wow, that you've cool. done in the space.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so basically the, the, the glass on the windows is slightly tilted down. So when the sound hits it, it bounces down to the ground and then it, it doesn't just make a standing wave, essentially. So that's really cool. And then we used uh, a half-inch plate glass, which is like what people make tables out of, instead of just using like an eighth-inch or a quarter-inch or something like that. Just use straight half-inch. And then there's a half-inch plate glass at an angle, and then an inch of space. um, And then there's another half-inch plate glass on the other side, also angled down. And so it's basically an inch of glass. So we're hoping that there will be some... Uh, acoustic isolation between the two rooms. Because essentially, the idea is we'll have drums in the live room and then we'll put amplifiers in the ISO rooms or acoustic instruments like a guitar player, singer, and a saxophone player or a piano player and singer. You know, like it, it's just like we want ISO rooms, but with the eye line of the glass. So the glass allows the eye line so everybody can record together. Because I find that the best way to record is when everybody can record at the same time. And it's funny, um, in the old days, like in the 40s, 50s, whatever, 30s, in the early days, there weren't like multi-track tape machines and there weren't uh, tons of microphones and no one had this capability. Nowadays, you know, everybody can record, um, you know, 16 channels, four channels, eight channels, whatever it is, you know. Um, But in the old days, that wasn't possible. And so what they would do is that they would record everything at once because that's what was available at that time. Um, then in the 80s, 90s multi-track uh, tape machines came about 40 you could link two cha- uh, two tape machines and get 48 tracks going at once you had 96 channel consoles so you know like there was so much capability and so the tendency was uh, all based around the technology and then you could start just doing everything overdubbed with complete isolation and everything like that but I think we've come around and I think whatever I'm at the, I think I'm a millennial. I'm 33 years old, and I, I think that we're my generation of recording engineers is actually going back to the old way where we're like, dude, we we don't want to just isolate everybody and you're playing in a friggin' vacuum and you're all by yourself. I mean, if it's a hip hop track and you've already got your production and you're doing a vocal overdub, that's one thing. Like, sure. or you're doing some kind of vocal overdub even on a rock thing, that's fine, um, totally standard. But it's one of those things when you've got the entire band say like the sticky i was recording the sticky the funk group in town uh the they're really cool and uh we wanted to get the rhythm section down at the same time so we record drums bass guitar and we'll rock some scratch vocals too just to get the form of the song right Hmm.
2: that's Um, when they sound best when everyone's together playing right
1: it is so so i think what we're trying to do i think yeah i think what we're trying to do now is use digital recording which which is actually awesome if you have the analog front end Uh, with the nice mics, the nice outboard gear, and uh, you can feed a nice analog signal into Pro Tools, Um, you can get a good sound. Like, it's totally legitimate. Everybody does it these days. And um, I think this idea of only being able to make good sounds on tape is a thing of the past. And I actually do really like recording the digital. But you do have to, uh, whatever, spend some money or, or spend time building your own analog gear. And it's totally worth it. But I do feel like there's a renaissance... Of people my age, um, going back to this concept of everybody recording at once. So the eye line with the glass is really important because we do want acoustic isolation, or at least acoustic attenuation. Let's say, like even though if there's a little bit of bleed coming through the wall or through the door or whatever, as long as it's attenuated, um, it's usable. You know, hmm. if you're putting a singer in the same room as the drums, the the vocal mic is going to be covered in drum bleed. And it may not be usable in the in the final mix, so it could be okay for a scratch, but if you're going to go for a take, you definitely need them in an isolation room, so that's the whole concept of the new studio,
2: yeah, I mean you' were saying there's a little bit of bleed, I feel like that like that's so minute that probably like the regular listener wouldn't even be able to hear it yeah Is once it's true or?
1: once it's mixed in with all the other tracks, I mean it's all lined up um. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be fine. Yeah, no one's going to nice. notice. So Do you
2: even have bleed with the separate rooms like that? Or are you still building? That? I'm
1: still building, okay. so I'm going to find out. Uh, probably, I think I've got a recording session this coming week with a, All right. a dude named Dylan Blanchard. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's cool. We went oh, to we know together. Dylan Blanchard. Do you yeah, know? Okay, cool, yeah,
0: absolutely great.
1: Yeah, he's awesome. We went to college together, and he's in a bunch of bands around town, uh-huh. and he's doing his solo thing. So we're going to rock something this right. week. Pop
0: this is still in?
2: No. Oh, okay, different. No.
0: No, he um knows uh, other friends of ours. Houston. He's good friends with Houston. Oh okay, cool. Were yeah. we yeah. talking about Wolfman? No, no, I was thinking of a different Dylan. Okay, okay. Well there's yeah, there's that Dylan and then there's Dylan Montaine who's been that's here. Who I was yeah, about. you were that's I figured that's who you were talking yeah. about. No, no, this is yet a different Dylan who has a pretty cool V W van if I recall. Yes, with uh-huh. the piano. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Piano Dylan. The no, no, no. Oh. They're painted on the side. He's okay. got keys. It's on like the black side and
1: white. Them. Yeah, yeah, you, you cannot miss it when you yeah, see it. You'll, you'll see know it's that.
2: true. Oh, cool.
0: Okay. No, uh, he and, and his wife Charlotte are very sweet. Um, they're they're a dynamite couple, so. Yes. Yeah, I'm uh, That's really great. You're getting to do some work with him too. He's yeah, he's great. So, this is extremely exciting, um, you know, for everybody in Santa Fe to have access to a resource and somebody with a lot of knowledge too to use that. I mean this is exciting. Um, and it seems like people like Antonius are really enjoying you. Everybody seems to be talking about the quality of your work right now and your basically your accessibility just how nice of a guy you are to work with. So thank you. I mean yeah, it seems like Santa Fe is yours right now. And so would you would you say that you're you know uh, a low-cost alternative right now for people looking to track or are you in the middle of the field cost-wise or where would you put yourself?
1: Yeah, so, <clears throat> excuse me. When it comes to cost, I think every project is different, and every project requires a different amount of work and a different amount of equipment and things like that. And I do yeah. offer different services. Uh, I do a voiceover, and I have a small uh, commercial studio, and that's a certain thing where I contract with the film industry. So, of course, that's a higher rate than I would charge with a local group. Um that doesn't have all the financial backing of the film industry or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then I have studio a, which is the one in the house that you, that you visited. Uh-huh. And um, that that's a music studio. So, so, uh, and then I've got a location rig, which I do um, stuff on location. I think I showed you something I recorded at the lensing uh-huh. Yeah. You and so yeah. all of these things are kind of different amounts of work. And so basically it def- defines the price. So I can't really tell you exactly ex- how much things cost, but um, I will say that, uh, I mean, you listen to the radio and and uh, the hip hop that's out there right now, I mean, this stuff is heavily processed. Yeah. I mean, uh, just the vocal tracks alone, you probably have 15 tracks. Um, mm-hmm. They're probably each individually affected heavily with autotune and other kinds of things. Um, that kind of stuff, I don't I, I don't even know how to do, honestly. You know, I mean, uh, really if you listen to Antonius' record, like his voice is like his voice. And it's more of the old school style, like, uh, you know, Big That's Mike or, yeah. um, you know, uh, Charlie Tuna uh-huh. or, you know, I mean, all the classics, you know, Ice Cube or,
2: you know. Who is uh, who is Ice Cube? <laughs> Just
1: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we all know and love Ice Cube. And but, actually, I guess he's coming to town. I don't know if he I missed no it already. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's up in... Uh, Where's he gonna be? He's up at um, Las Vegas at the school up there, at Highlands, I think. He's In playing Las a Vegas?
0: show. That's an unusual, yeah. Seventy five bucks wow.
1: a ticket, so if you got an extra so seventy five bucks, you should rock that it. That could be kind of cool. I would go love to check go. That it's out. coming up. I think it's yeah. this month. So.
0: Well, so listening to antonius's record, that's that's one of the things that you and I picked up on. Is that very clean traditional hip hop sound. You know, beats nice. We love them sampled, and uh, as far as I know, Antonius provide all that stuff. But the the way it was set up you know, with the MC there, but not, as you say, over-processed, you know, and, you know, talking to him, yeah, I can hear him right there on the record, like he's next to me, and it's, it's good, man, I, I felt that, a little bit of that heartwarming hip-hop feel from it, you know, yeah. like, it, it's just, uh, uh, not even, you know, no frills sounds like an insult, but that's, you know, it's, like, the best version of something in its simplest form, you know, uh, you guys haven't tried to reinvent the spoon, uh, like yeah you, you can't do it and like so it's just a, a really solid incarnation of a theme that i love so you yeah know, i i really love that and that's rhymes and wisdom we're talking about um and his new offering uh, uncontrollably driven we did his little opener that was um that was that was fun and i like that too now i'm kind of like curious as to why everybody's doing these short releases nowadays these six track yeah yeah i wonder if it's just an amount of work thing or maybe it is cost thing or i don't know but yeah it has new releases i'm seeing a lot
2: more eps yeah yeah i think
1: eps are cool I, i actually like them i think it's great i think uh it's cool to have you know four to six songs come out more often than having 12 songs come out less often you know what I'm saying it just yeah. it I don't know what it is but I feel like as as a consumer not a consumer but as a listener or a consumer yeah. um someone that's going to listen or or want to hear more stuff I feel like there's more payoff in just having another four to six songs every 6 months instead of waiting a full year or year
2: and a half to get 12 songs you know or something I completely like that. agree it's nice to have like I like albums as far as the amount of tracks goes. I fucking love albums. I love a 12 track, 10 track album. But having EPs in between, sure. I think that's the best way to go. Like you do an sure. album, 6 months later, EP, album.
1: And and know. busting out albums and and EPs, right? I mean, I mean I think it's it it can be both, you know. And um you know, I think Antonius is coming cuz we are talking about Antonius. Antonius is coming out with um Art of Rhyme.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Him and Prismatic Soul together. Yeah, working Prismatic on some stuff together. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And uh, you know, they're going to bust out an EP. And I think it's perfect. You know, for the first thing, bust out an EP, just get out there. Mm. Like we we exist, you know. Okay, that's yeah. a
0: fair point. Yeah, having to create more content uh, a little more often in order to maintain traction in our in our kind of contemporary digital workspace that we're in. Yeah. I mean, I think having you know Instagram and Facebook has very much taught us all to have to think like, what do I put out today? What, do I, what piece of artwork can I show? Or what joke can right. I put out? How can I remind people we're here on a daily? Because yeah, honestly, we don't listen to music in the same way that we used to, which was, you know, you were a diehard fan, you waited for the next album to come out and you desperately waited for that person to come nearby on tour Right so you could see them and you know as time went on right you know whatever you grew in and out of artists but now it's like you jump from person to person to person then eventually you've refined artists that you only listened to I feel like six months ago and you almost forgot about but luckily they put something out to remind you because otherwise yeah. they'd be lost in the delusion new stuff that's coming out all the time
2: and, and we used to I, I know I used to I listen to the same album over because that's all i had oh, yeah. i had like four cds when i was a kid so i'd listen to the same <laughs> the shit like, over four. No, right yeah yeah like so you know i'd be like when i finally saw they had a new album which was released three years ago but um, i just never saw it because the internet wasn't there yet i I'd freak out because i've been listening to the same first album for like Anyway, that's that was my and experience. you knew it,
0: but you knew it perfectly in and out. And I feel right. like we may, maybe we don't get to know our artists so well anymore. But yeah, I don't know. So I, I'm excited to make use of some of the resources it looks like you're providing and the, some of the expertise oh, yeah. that you're bringing here. Um, Thank you. Yeah,
1: I love what I do, and I'm always down to to uh, drop by here and, and and talk to you guys or or just have you guys over. And I'm a dork, so realistically, I'm I'm always down to just drink some whiskey with you and both of you and uh shoot the shit that talk, shoot the shit. Cool, talk about gear dude. it's okay
2: alden is too yeah i, I do like that. that i do it's like what that. we do <laughs> man it's what we do
0: <laughs> well uh, yeah i do like to talk shit but it sounds like uh, we were discussing this a little bit that you are more of like a systems guy and not so much of the the creative generative, dynamo personality that likes to constantly be writing something new but You started, you said, with playing the sax. Was that your first introduction to music? Yeah, yeah. I
1: started playing music when I was seven. So I've been playing like a long time. I've been working with music for a long time. But then I came to College of Santa Fe, and that's how I got to Santa Fe. I'm from Los Angeles. And uh, got to Santa Fe and took a recording class just by accident. Like it was a required class. Uh, I tried to get out of it because I was like, I have no interest in recording. And they were like, well, if you want to pass the program and get a degree, you have to take this class. And I was like, well, fuck this shit. So it was a 10 a.m. class. I w- it was a three-hour class. So I'd get there at like 11, and I'd drink a couple beers in the time between 10 and 11.
0: A master <clears throat> was born. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I really didn't care at all. And uh, I met a, a guy named Aaron Sneesby at that time. And he was in my class and he really inspired me. And he really, uh, he was a little older than I was, uh, I think like f- four or five years older and he was really cool. And he, he asked the teacher, he was like, can we work together? And so we did some recording sessions together and I very quickly realized like, Oh, this is actually really cool. And I actually really like it. Um, Aaron unfortunately died of an overdose. Hmm. Um, three months after I met him and so it was really heartbreaking but I continued but I'll never forget that that man uh completely changed my life it was like a why in the road and I was relatively lost I had no direction in my life at that point still trying to figure it out I was a young guy and uh, he literally changed my life and so in those three months that I knew him so if he was still around uh I hope we'd still be friends but anyway but he's he's an awesome guy and um and it's too bad he died when he was 27. He died on his birthday. So. Huh. But um, I think people that are listening to this radio show, maybe New Mexican, they may actually know Aaron. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, but um, he's always been the person that brought me into recording, essentially. Going to school and then meeting Aaron uh, got me interested in recording. And then basically from school, I could only learn so much in school. Yeah. And then I just basically delved into it and really... Spe- devoted my life. I'm like a friggin' monk. Like, this is all I do. This is all I think about. It's, and, you know, I'm down on myself too sometimes. I mean, I'm stoked when things come out great. And then when things are problematic, I'm like, dude, how am I so dumb? You know, like, (laughs) how do I do this every day? And I'm still not better, you know, but I think that's anybody that wants to be good at what they do. I feel like will have those things, whether it's music or any other kind of thing.
0: Are those some wise words? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you touched on something there, too, and that is the importance of a mentor. And to lose a mentor very soon is extremely unfortunate, um, on top of it being extremely unfortunate. That's I mean, how terrible. Um, but the importance of a mentor, though, for young men especially, I think uh, paramount. Uh, I think that, as you said, can change a life, and I've had that experience, but in the automotive field. So I'm... I'm not surprised, but I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only person. And, I'm, you know, I'm 32, or I guess we're very close in age, I didn't realize. Um, and I didn't realize how important that would be to come across these people and to pay attention and listen uh, and to do learning in books, like you were describing, and in classes, but uh, to come across people that would, that would profoundly change my thinking towards something and drive me to work very hard, and in your case to develop what well, looks like a enormous home business, everybody. You said you were booked out this month.
1: Yeah. I mean, this month was a lot of construction, but I am busy. Like I am very lucky that, um, but it, it didn't happen overnight. I've been doing this 13 years and I've only really had most of my success in the last year and a half. So, you know, it, I put in a lot of time, so I'm not saying that it's, it was easy, but I, but I am saying that it is possible. Um, and I do feel that I'm lucky yeah. and I love what I do and I feel grateful that I am given the opportunity to do it and, and, um, to do the stuff I love to do. So, yeah, and I yeah. hopefully work with people that also love what they do. And obviously I'm here with you guys. So you, you guys love what nerds. you do.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Are, yeah. Definitely trying to nerd out on it. Uh, no. So, uh, well, other than this, you know, love of tech gear, it seems that, the the social side of getting to meet all these musicians is fairly interesting to you, too. I mean, when I was over at your place yesterday, I mean, it was story after story of the, you know, interesting encounters you've had and people you had around. Um, Now, what do you think your future looks like for, I guess, for Cabby Sound as as an enterprise? Are you looking to do, you said, mainly mostly tracking right now? Are you looking to do mostly recording?
1: I think at this point... um, I want to focus on tracking. I, I'm I'm kind of thinking that the stuff that I record, because I'm really set up for recording, obviously, yeah. you know, especially after the build out and everything, really set up for recording. Um, mixing, I am down to do, but I don't want to mix the things that I record. I just feel that I'm too close to it during the recording process. Yeah. I listen to this stuff, you know, each song at least fifty times. You know, listening to different takes, listening. During overdubs, listening during vocal overdubs, you know, listening during a rough bounce, you know. And so I really do feel like you can only listen to a song or anything, really, uh, any kind of material. You can only listen to objectively for, like, the first 50 times. Oh, interesting. Yeah. After that, Could you're fucked. Fine. I, I well, hope this isn't going out on the air because you'll have to bleep that out. But no. but literally, like, <laughs> no, you are fucked. Fine, like, yeah. you, you cannot... Uh, See things definitively after a certain point. And I don't know if maybe some people have a higher tolerance. Maybe they can listen to something 150 times. Mm -hmm. But realistically, I think we've all been there. If you've ever mixed something or if you've ever tried to finalize something on your own, it is actually really hard. Because at the end of it, you're like, I fucking hate this. I can't even listen
2: to this ever again. You have heard this way too many times.
0: Exactly. Well, we definitely know well she has a shorter fuse with that than I do. Yeah, you know, just by a little bit, like, yeah, and yeah, I can yeah. listen to something because I I like iterative improvement. But I, uh, you know, we basically produced the, our whole album in house here, and I did the mix and the quote unquote master. And uh, you know, yeah, I didn't do anything else. Yeah. Even, no, yeah, yeah. but even I hated <laughs> Busted it. it up. You know, by the end of that, I was like, like so everything. done with it. Um, yeah, for real though. Yeah. But even still, now I have this thing where I like kind of want to go back and do a remix. Yeah. you no, know <laughs> don't, don't go back. <laughs> keep going forward,
1: man. no that, that's what I'll say. I it's just like, like I don't want to go No back. no I, I always want to go back too and, it, and that's the thing. It's like, you know what um, we do good work um, and you can't go back. You've already used up your 150 times or your 50 times. like you've it's already used outlook. it up. like you cannot go back like that's there is no going outlook. back. And so I will say this that just knowing that you can only listen to something for so long, you have to be careful dude. every time you hit the space bar and you get the thing rolling, or you get the thing playing back. It's like you're using up one of those lives. Like you can never get that back. So, so you, you know, you really have to think about it. It's like when you're hitting spacebar and you're listening back, you're using up one of those times that you have objectivity. And, but you know, you have to right. use it wisely is what I'm trying to say. No, for
2: real. No, that makes perfect sense. I have this, like, song that uh, I was writing a year ago, and it was my favorite Fucking thing ever I was like This is gonna be it This is gonna be the best song ever And I realized That through the course Of writing this thing For like a month I hate it now Yes Because I played the beat So many fucking times It's not interesting anymore So I'm never putting it out So Isn't that, That's yeah, why I write so. it And it might, I cool. right. it, it, might it might be cool That's the problem It might be the coolest shit ever well, I'm sick of it so. But you can't Yeah that's And that's the write thing i to a metronome now <laughs> <And> that's, <laughs> that's not a <laughs> a call. I mean Honestly Even with <laughs> our set
0: I got the Groove,
3: produced by Capstar. We went from blues to soul to hip hop and back.
0: And some call it
3: rap, and some call it rude. And some say that it do what it do. But we got the blues and we feelin' feeling alright. We went from blues to soul to hip hop and back. And some call it rap. some call it rude, some say that it do what it do. But we got the blues and we feeling
4: alright. I got the blues and I just wanna go and sip on the brew. Life's a mystery, so hit me with a clue. Do you see the strings? Do they sing just to make your body swing? As we flow with the rhythm like rivers and streams, you got to get up and you get down. The sound has no bounds, stay around, never sit down. I got pronouns and adverbs that don't disturb the peace. Hip hop is the beauty, I'm the beast. I got the blues but I don't mind All I have to do is get to you And then I feel just fine I'm on a down, but not all the way When I'm feeling low,
3: you do you think I all? And then I feel okay I'm feeling like blue ice, I'm just ice There's no justice, now I'm feeling ice cold like I'm standing at the South Pole I'm as cold as bluefin when it's served raw Once in a blue moon, used to use a blue mic Just to serve it raw, now I kill it every day They're like it's too soon I seen a baby doll feeling down Like she's trapped in a box I call her babe, the blue ox We rockin' baby blue like these are the peace tops Feeling blue when the peace stops. Blue blood spill from black blocks. They never back up, never yield. They keep working like the blue shield. We in the loop, now we smoking on some blue dreams. Looking at Picasso's blueism like a blue dream. Way through the world like it is a blue sea. Bad. Yeah, this goes out to um to all the little girls, the honey all the little dip. baby dolls, all the little spicy wifeies. You know what I mean? You ain't gotta cry. I see that little teardrop in your eye, but uh, it ain't even about that. Look at the blue skies. You know what I mean? We're singing the blues. That means we got good news. Yeah. Blue and red ain't red on opposite sides like 3D glasses that's attached to your eyes. You surprised by the struggle and pride It's recognized by the real to the day that we die You're the party like we rockin' on stage You know you can't keep our styles locked up in a cage uh-uh. In a blue cage I-
0: Convinced that our set is good now because it sounds like <laughs> such old hat to me, like yeah. you know, like Slap. last year's rhymes. And it might,
1: <laughs> you know, and it probably is cool. You know, that's the problem it's, is that yeah. is that from the person that's never heard it before, it does have merit. Totally. And that's what happens is yeah. when you listen to it too much, uh-huh. you lose that merit because you heard it too much. And I think that's what I'm trying to say. So what what I'm trying to say is, uh, if I if I track something and I'm really close to it, say like a rock project or something where there's a lot of instruments and a lot of overdubs and all kinds of stuff going on um, I may not want to mix that in fact there's a great uh, engineer in town uh, called Lighthouse Studios and his name is Peter Larkin, Peter Larkin um, he's awesome himself. he's from DC, he just moved here about a year ago and he is super awesome and I love working with him and easy guy and very professional and he's even done some stuff that we've probably all heard um, we're lucky to have him honestly Uh, And then, of course, Will Dyer. He does mastering. So I feel like right now we're kind of in the infancy, but we're putting together our little team. What I hope to be is our team where I can do tracking because I have the facility. Uh, Peter can do the mixing because he'll have the objectivity. And then Will can do the mastering. And, of course, Will also does producing. So he can be there during the recording phase and at the very end. So he's kind of at the beginning and at mm. the end, if if it is possible. But if we're going to stick with the more hip-hop thing, because, you know, I do multiple styles. But if we're going to stick with a hip-hop thing, I will say that hip-hop just doesn't – you don't have to listen to it as much. Because all the tracks, essentially, at least the way that I've been working with Antonius and Benzo and stuff like that, I'm not creating all the tracks. True. They come into the studio and they've either bought them off somebody or bought them off a uh, beat or made them themselves or whatever, you know how it is. Mixed and mastered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so, fair. so we're working with like tracks that are already pretty much there. We're recording vocals and, and I'm just going to mix that in. So realistically that is technically I'm quote unquote tracking and mixing. And in and, and those situations, I'm probably mastering as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm finalizing it. I want it to be go on a CD or be mm-hmm. on Spotify or whatever it is. And um, so I am doing all three stages. But at the same time, it's a much simpler process. So it really depends on what it is. You know, and actually, I do classical recording as well. And I feel that there is kind of less work to some degree because a lot of classical recording that I do is also uh, – you know, you go to the show at the lensic let's say. You record the show. You come back. You mix it. You basically finalize it. And then it goes out, you know. So you're not listening to it over and over. Um, so there's less chances of getting saturated. And yeah. I think with a rock thing specifically or that kind of music thing where there's, a, like, a lot of different instruments with overdubs, I do feel like it is awesome. It's super fun. And it's it's an awesome process. But I think all of us have to be careful with... Um, with trying to step away and and um, seeing things for what they are and so some things just take less time you know like the hip-hop thing it'll probably just take less time to mix and track you know because once you with vocals you're only going to do like a few takes or several takes at the most like you're not going to do 50 takes you know well, Hopefully, <laughs> <sometimes>, <laughs> we do. <laughs> sometimes yeah. you have
0: to do fit. Yeah. yeah, no, you're absolutely right. No, no, you right. mean that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, looking at some of our most complicated tracks, you know, maybe we're talking twenty total tracks of content in one song uh, at the very maximum. Would you agree? Will? well, yeah, she pretty yeah. much, yeah. Um, we're pretty simple. I mean, uh, less than that even. Yeah, and part of the reason is is that I will tend to you know at, at least on the album, for instance, I did a single vocal track. You know, now I might do a second vocal track and do some sort of other parallel processing to it to make it a little more substantial. But, you know, that's two tracks there. And then each instrument may get one to two tracks. You know, I'll do two kick tracks almost always. Mm-hmm. Sometimes maybe two snares. Maybe
1: you know. What kind of kicks? Like like a brighter and a darker? How yeah, do you do exactly. It? Yeah, exactly. I'll
0: do a totally a separate EQ on them, and then mm-hmm. and then compress them. But it's them the same sample. Yeah. Oh, and I then, see. Uh, well, sometimes we'll we'll layer up kicks, or we'll mm-hmm. use two separate kicks, but adjacent. Mm-hmm. So and that's trying to get like different NBC. tones. Trying to yeah, like blend. It's, yeah. it's just yeah. not so boring for the listener. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we're you know the the problem that we're finding with a lot of say, like the Fruity Loops production that gets done is like yeah like it's very listenable and it checks all the boxes in terms of what you would expect to hear from all say hip hop yeah. and it's in perfect time yeah all this there's nothing really you can question about it but it it just sounds like something you kind of already heard and so even spicing up a snare a bit or using multiple different kicks or I mean, even tuning the kicks. Because I'll take a you know a sound bank kick that we've got that's maybe you know come out come out of the MPC, you know, uh, sixteen bits or whatever. It's not that clean to begin with, and we'll process that up and get a little bit more life out of it. Um, and I think that. It gives just a little more life to that listenability that you were talking about. So, yeah. the listener has that same listener fatigue, and if I'm honest, I think it's probably way shorter of a span for the listener. They, they're not going to hear it 150,
1: probably, unless they love it. Unless I've listened, really listened to those songs a million times. So, <laughs> I mean,
0: I definitely have songs that I've listened to in the three to four digit range. You know, yeah, for sure. Possibly. We all even have. Everybody. Yeah. Times. Yeah. But, like um, Santana. But, I, yeah. <laughs> but uh, like I can't imagine that Keepers is gonna be on that list for somebody, you know? Oh yeah, <laughs> Not I mean, yeah. It, it,
1: it'll happen, dude. We're, we're all yeah. we're all we're all gonna Work make this happen. We're all gonna, yeah, so, yeah.
0: I guess what I'm saying is that in total, maybe 20 tracks for our our hip hop song sounds about right that's and for looking judging by what you were showing me yesterday even just for what looked like uh we you said like was like a scratch take like you know there were 20 tracks there and that was just the core tracks that's just yeah. the rhythm section so, you know yeah <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. I mean, So that's so much more material and that was a to kind to of work for that know, was work for work the with. sticky yeah. and yeah. and
1: you know that just that w- I think on drums it was a kind of a small setup, and it was like ten or twelve mics on the drums, and that's like considered kind small. of a small 10 setup. Ten or twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. That's, that's awesome. Literally like, considered a, a kind of a small setup. Um Yeah, I mean, it could be a, a bit bigger, uh, up to fifteen or twenty, but
2: is that considered a small setup?
1: Yeah, I, I'd say like really small. You could do something like a Glenn Johns or something. There's like different techniques that come from the '70s, but at this point. Even if you do a Glenn Johns, you're going to have to, which is like a three mic setup, you're going to have to supplement it with some close mics. So at yeah. this point, like even a small setup is probably going to be six mics. Okay, you know? that makes sense, um, yeah. You know, I mean, even if you're not putting mics on toms, you're still going to want to get some ambience. You're going to want to get some mics yeah. a little further away from the kit. But I will say that, you know, a guitar, you can put a 57 on it even or a ribbon mic or, or both um, and get great results. Um, so two mics say for guitar, one or two, um, for bass, you can use a DI and an amp. So that's like two. So, so a lot of other, um, instruments don't require quite as many mics, but drums just really do take that attention. And I will say that when we do a load in, I, I, at this point, I'm telling people like, we got to have at least a half a day to a day to just sound check and get stuff going Set it, like, it up yeah, yeah well, ta-
2: cuz it takes us a fuck load of time to set up like two, one mic sometimes like so i can't imagine setting up 12 mics yeah. and the drum set like i bet it's a lot of work yeah no
1: it's a lot of work and then the way that i work too is i have a lot of outboard gear and so each microphone has processing after the mic so basically it's like the mic goes into the snake out of the snake to the patch bay to the patch bay to the microphone preamp, out of the microphone preamp into a compressor, and then maybe into an EQ, and then into Pro Tools. But that's just one mic. Wow. So you have to do that for 12.
0: Yeah, wow. So
1: it's a lot of friggin' work. And the patch bay looks like it threw up on itself by the end. You know, it just looks like a friggin' mess. And if you have to go in there and actually fix something, you really have to be careful that you don't unplug something that Done. you don't yeah. mean to, wow. you know. So
0: so you see while she running the four channels that we got here in the B-Key, this makes it really easy. And you said you're running 24 channels right now?
1: So, yeah, at that studio, I can do 24 <laughs> Um, and we, we routinely do use all 24. In fact, it's crossed my mind that maybe I should, I should just get another eight channels again, 32, but I'm going to rock 24 for a little while longer and we'll see how it goes. But (laughs) I feel like 24 is pretty good. Like we, we got that. So I only got so much physical space, but you know, when you're using 12 on just the drums,
0: it's easy to use them all up, you know, that makes sense. Wow. And so, how does your uh, how does your computer handle that? So you were saying you have um, a universal interface that you're using.
1: Yeah, it's the
0: Universal Audio
1: um, setup. It's the Apollo, Apollo and okay. uh, it's a very cool, dude. They they they're a cool company. They're an old school company. Uh, universal Audio uh, was developed by Bill Putnam. And Bill Putnam is one of actually my favorite people um, from history, from recording history. He recorded people like Nat King Cole, which I love Nat King Cole. He recorded Frank Sinatra. He recorded all these different places. Oh, all so these different names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. He's legit. Of. Yeah. No, and he was wow. a studio owner. You know Ocean Way Studios? It's a very famous studio in, in Los Angeles. He built that studio and he built other studios around the country. They weren't called the names that they are now. But these are the old Bill Putnam Studios. And so he built these places. And then pieces of equipment like the LA-2A and the 1176, which we all know and love. And even if you have don't know what it is, you've heard it.
0: We're using a you have heard it. I don't like care if right you listen now. to
1: jazz. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't care if you listen to jazz or you listen to pop music or rock music or metal or whatever it is. We've all heard LA-2As. We've all heard 1176. And without getting too dorky about it. Um, Bill Putnam developed these things, and I read wow. some of his accounts. And it was because in the old days, there it's not like now. Nowadays, there's a million manufacturers that sell all kinds of different equipment. And on the internet, you can find anything you want. Uh, in the old days, if you wanted a certain kind of compressor, you just had to friggin' build it because – uh, there was like a handful really? of companies, you know, like GE or, you know, you could buy their toaster or a compressor. <laughs> I mean, that not exactly, but that's kind of how it was back then. I mean, you know, some of these companies, um, there were just a handful of massive companies like RCA and yeah. stuff like that. And There weren't tons of options. So, Bill Putnam actually developed these compressors because he wanted a certain kind of thing and he just invented it. So, you
2: want them like more readily available, also?
1: So, yeah, I think I don't know exactly the history of how they were distributed, but obviously it was a hit and people loved them and they were unique in their operation and their sound. And uh, he developed a branch of his company not only building studios and recording music, but also just uh, building equipment. So now we get to where we were with the Apollo universal audio Apollo and, uh, his son, I think one or he has two sons. I don't know if they're both involved, but, uh, they're, his sons are basically, um, keeping the company going. And so, uh, now they have these interfaces that are awesome. You know, you plug it into the Mac computer. I, I think they work with PC too, but you just plug them in and they're awesome, dude. It's like, it, it's pretty foolproof. Um, if you don't have a studio with tons of outboard gear, because I know at this point uh, probably a lot of studios don't have a ton of outboard gear, um, yeah, right. I, I mean, like yeah. this studio right here, uh, we super um, simple setup here. Yeah, sure. simple setup, but it's outboard exactly gear, what you need,
2: like uh, like this or
1: yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, no, no, but I mean it's cool. And the thing is, is that the Apollo actually has like all the quote unquote racks of gear. Actually, just inside the computer. So what you do uh, is they have all this analog emulation of all these products, um, and they emulate um, other manufacturers'
2: gear as well.
0: Like that's
2: what that's what plugins are, right? Yeah, you know, effectively yeah. Effectively emulation of emulation physical of components. Actual. Yeah.
0: And so you were talking the other day about a, a, a mic preamp for a vocal mic. Yeah, right? like the
1: 1073. And the Universal Audio sells a 1073 plugin. You can use with the Universal Audio preamp, uh, oh. sorry, uh, yeah, inside the interface, and essentially you can get like really close. I mean, at this point, a real old school 1073 is something crazy, like five thousand, six thousand dollars for for one channel of preamp and EQ. I mean, that's not including yeah, the mic wow. or the compressor or anything else. So, yeah, obviously, most people are not going to buy that. But what's cool about it is that anybody who's listening that is looking for an interface maybe to upgrade or they're getting into this for the first time, I would say, go look at universal audio. Uh, I think they have a two channel interface that starts at like 600 bucks, something in that range, something relatively affordable. I mean, whatever, if, if anybody that, kn- that gets into recording, knows that this stuff is not cheap.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like people get into racing cars. It's like you basically stop looking at the dollar signs if you're really, really serious in it and you're a top dog. And, you know, we're talking about really professional racing here. You have to have somebody with an enormous wallet to back you because it's impossible. And, yeah, and that's it. That's the the diminishing returns versus cost of the quality of technology, so that I, makes. Absolute I will sense. say
1: this, just because what, what we were talking about yesterday with the DIY, I just feel like there's so much DIY stuff right now, and it's so cool. I mean, DIY is so awesome, and we were talking about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. In the age of the iPhone, where your iPhone, you do an update and it stops working, so it goes into the frigging trash can. It, it's like, dude, this thing totally still works. You know, like you don't yeah. have to throw it away. But some update comes along and you can't use it anymore, or whatever. Uh, in in this age of like everything's a tissue paper where you blow your nose once and you throw it away, immediate
0: obsolescence, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like you were saying with cars because you're into cars. Um, you know, you throw away your car when you're done with it. it, it so Terrible. in this era of the, of um this society that we live in, it is cool that DIY is coming about, and I will say I just built a couple microphones and they sound really great, and they were easy to build. Uh, If you can solder a little bit, and, you know, there's all kinds of videos on YouTube, and it's very, you know, whatever. (sighs) The internet, I'm going to say this, like, living in Santa Fe, New Mexico, the internet is our friend, because I do feel that the internet puts us on the similar playing field as people in bigger cities and things like that. I mean,
0: yeah, I'll agree. We're in in the same in the automotive world. We're in a, a parts desert as well as an expertise desert. Exactly. So the internet for a place like Santa Fe or, you know, got Taos or somewhere, you're you you absolutely require it nowadays. And yeah. it's allowing people like us to research and understand things that there may not be the mentors that I was mentioning earlier to teach you in the area. We do have some excellent mentors. I mean, you know people like Jason Goodyear. Yes, he's um, awesome. I love yeah. Jason. Um what would you did you do his class? I've never gone to one of his
1: classes, unfortunately, yeah. because by the time I met Jason, I was already yeah. kind of working. Yeah. But um, I actually have worked with Jason. In fact, I'm collaborating with him on a project, I think, on the 12th. I'm doing a voiceover thing with him. Very and cool. so, yeah, yeah, we, we've started working um, collaboratively, actually. So I do know Jason, yeah.
0: Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, I mean, he comes up often in conversation here in Santa Fe. Uh, Zach's old precisely sound thing. teacher yeah exactly. Malouf, right yeah yeah og wilker's you know, yeah, who yeah we also had here for an interview and well i mean right the web in santa fe is great you know that social web because the scene here is small enough that you can know numbers of people who know each other it suddenly feels like a very cozy scene
1: last well, how i met you guys right? i mean uh k- casey Dutcher, k dutch hit me up hey you want to come hang out i met you
0: guys so here i am you know You see the bio
4: A child mental status like a torn up street Sipping kerosene, room tight with primates Packed into costumes, loving food Demand, but shame replete Smoke swirl around some prosaic beat, As the poison say, honey, do people gon' beat? Being boundless, the ceiling crushing Divine interpretation coming from a bottle, not me Egos crashing with centripetal force Fissures open, paradoxes released The end game they're so plain, the fool's ransom, flesh and bloody trade a bargain till you dead on the street. Grab onto wisdom like a handgun, release the trigger, pop it as i fall to sleep, And come back to me. Come back to me. come back to me. Come back to me. The nightshade. the boulevard blue cause the lower bar showing all the view of the system from afar ruminating typhoon circle close to exhume the part of you that bore witness is you with this, the underworld bloom Desolation like a beacon of irrelevance at high noon Inorganic matters permeate the room Universe exposed the limits of the mind Down we gone soon, and we got soon Birthing from the bottom Forgotten souls are calling to existence In a place of honor, time, space And feeling blast from the continuum The basis of the movement be the place We are hailing from above the attic I'm breathing out the static Nirvana rising, I confirm my supernova status In the fall lines of the atlas and the deprecation baddest and the laughter never stop I hope the essence come back to me
1: santa fe i love santa fe for that
0: no that's uh, that's exactly how it works out um and then if you haven't met somebody directly through that group of people you will have heard of them through somebody else so it's kind yes. of like that one two where you feel very close a lot of people around small town yeah but what i have been very surprised about with with the hip-hop scene in specific is just how nice everybody has been and honestly I, we mentioned gatekeepers uh you know, before and that's been a topic of other, of other podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. But Santa Fe seems to have a remarkably low number of gatekeepers. Can you describe gatekeepers? Yeah, somebody who, like you were saying yesterday, a professional who doesn't necessarily want to give up their skills to anybody who's coming along and asking an honest question. And in certain cases, you know, in the automotive trade, yeah, you can't give away every piece of experiential knowledge that you've had that you've. Carefully and diligently earned, uh, mind you. But at the same time, when it comes to booking a show for your new hip hop crew, say, you know, and someone's making it very difficult, you know, uh, and you know, actually, we didn't have any experience like that, no, and I yet? felt like in a closed scene like this that we would have, because I figure there's limited space here. But actually, it's been a very inviting scene. Been really cool. Amazingly so. Um, uh, and yourself included, I mean, you just had me come by and check out your space and it was just really very Thanks, human. Man. So thank you. No, that it, was great. Yeah.
1: You know what? I, I feel the same way where I feel like, um, people have been very generous to me as I was growing up. Um, me too, please. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, I'll keep talking. Um, no, people, people in Santa Fe have been very generous with information, uh, since I've been here and it's and it's been awesome and I feel grateful and I obviously want to continue that tradition um, as I get older with more experience I definitely want to pass it down so I, I really do feel like that's a thing in Santa Fe and I think that's that makes us stronger honestly I think the I think the more information that we can exchange, we all get stronger, and and the way I see it, some people see it as a zero sum game where it's like, oh, if Cabby gets a job, then that's a job that I don't get. And I don't really see it like that. I, I yeah, see I it more so. like a, I see it. I just don't see it like that. I I see it more like, if you gain, if if you guys are doing something awesome, then that makes our society better. That makes me better, and and maybe I'll learn something from you guys, and that'll make. I don't know. That's just the way I think. No, I, I completely agree. Right there.
2: Like if uh, like. Phanthonius ever seriously blew up one day, which I actually think very possible.
0: He's right on the course too. Yeah, Yeah. I would never
2: feel any weirdness about that. Like I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" Well, I was, especially with him. It's like you kind of expect it a little bit. Hey,
0: you know, we bought his records. Now I'd still buy his records in the future. Um, And I feel like the the scene here is a very pat, pat everybody on the back kind of a kind of a scene. Like, hey, come on through. Oh, this is your your opportunity for a first show. Great. I think that's
1: what makes Santa Fe a nice place to live. You know, I mean, I'm from Los Angeles. It's not like that out there. Um,
2: I imagine it's completely different. It's
1: completely different and whatever. I mean, people live out there and people make it and obviously people make it out there. Um, But it's like, I don't know. We have a high quality of life here. We've got a good thing going. I think I'm grateful. And I think other people um, that are able to do what they love to do here, I think we should all be grateful because it is awesome that that whatever that is not perfect here. <laughs> Obviously, there's nowhere that is perfect. There's but not much
2: I, to do around here.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it, but if you can get Go Pro to Tools, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. But if you can get a Pro Tools rig and uh, you get your friends going, you you kind of make your scene, you know. And I was talking Precisely, with yeah. do, you, do you guys know about the High Mayhem guys from back in the day?
0: Not anyway so
1: no. what what is is it? It? well anyway it was just uh, i was talking to Alex Neville and he was part of the High Mayhem guys he we work together and stuff even now um and he was just talking about like they made their scene back in the day in the 90s out here you know cuz obviously there was nothing to do back then either <laughs> yeah. so um, that no he he's straight he's straight up they made this thing called High Mayhem it was a collective and they did a, like kind of experimental music and art and all kinds of stuff and i'm sure what I'm saying doesn't even do it justice. I'm sure there's even more that they did. I I just wasn't here in the nineties, so I don't completely know. But um but they made their scene and I feel like that's kind of what it is in a small town. Um you gotta get together with the folks that you love, the folks that you meet, the folks that you that are like minded, let's put it like that. Yeah. And you make your scene. Whatever it is, it could be friggin' knitting or or it could be Whatever you know, I mean, I'm not just saying it's for music. I mean, it's like we all have to find our people, essentially.
0: No, you nailed it. Yeah. Well, forget deep cuts with cat. Let's do <laughs> deep crocheting. <with> Kat. <laughs> That'd be nice. No, uh, nothing our...
1: against crocheting. Like honestly, no, I wasn't trying to diss anybody. To crocheting yeah. from the keep here.
0: Yeah. I, you know, one it's of our previous hand-warned. guests. And this gets mentioned a lot, actually, and that is the, the idea of building your own scene, and that you have to make the scene that you want to be a part of. Or, you know, especially if it's not there. Otherwise, you know, what are you doing? You're Either you're just viewing from the sideline, which is fine. Being a fan is great. Or just working.
1: I mean, who wants to just work? I mean, yeah. That's like the basic part of life. We all want a little more than that, I would imagine, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, no, absolutely. In terms of just working vocational work, yeah. Exactly. Give me a second to register. Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, and I think, uh, okay, our, our age group, too, are like our slightly older millennials. Um, we definitely got sold a bag of goods that, you know, you finish school and there'll be piles of jobs around and they'll just lap you up because you're amazing and talented. And I got my degree in 2009. And dude, like, the worst economy well, ever. Yeah, where, me was too, there dude. A job? Fuck no. There yeah. was a job for me no jobs start. for years. <laughs> <laughs> Literally so, for years. Like you, I fell back on some skills, and I was really glad to have those. But the the combination of those kinds of cycles and, and that kind of timing, and then being in a place like Santa Fe. Now I left for a while. But when I came back, you know, it was a good time to be coming back. About seven years ago it seemed like everything's pretty uphill since then i would agree so yeah i would um, agree i
1: feel like santa fe has um whatever i'll just say it It has definitely been getting cooler as i've lived here and it's not because of me or anything like that but it's just (laughs) obviously like there's something about santa fe uh that's attracting pe- cool people from out of town to move here. I think there's also people that have lived here for years that are very cool um, because obviously we have a rich heritage of, of uh, people that have lived in New Mexico for hundreds of years. And so I don't know. I-, I love the community here and I do really feel like Santa Fe has gotten cooler. I don't know if that's partially to do with the economy getting better or if, or if the internet – like I was saying earlier, like the internet straight up – I think makes our lives better here in New Mexico. And I don't care if it's music or what it is, but uh, imagine living in New Mexico or Santa Fe with no internet. Oh, what a crazy oh world. God. Like you'd be isolated. It's like that, literally that living on like an like island. Our
0: childhood here. Yeah. You know, like right. our young childhood. Yeah, absolutely. Because I grew up here and then I left and I came back. And so Santa Fe when I was a kid was, yeah, pretty quiet right? town. I played in the street. I had a bicycle. You know, and this sounds like pretty old school, but you know, the internet came around when I was like a young teenager, like we had it in my house that was cool. And then I got a cell phone a little later and all of a sudden, like the world got a lot smaller.
1: And the it, world is small that's right that's now. exactly what you're saying. It's yeah. crazy, dude. Um, I can literally reach out with email to someone that's relatively famous or well-known or whatever. And I, they may reach out back, you know, it, it's like totally possible. Um, in the old days, how, how would you have done that? You know?
0: Couldn't even conceive. You're going to write that, a letter? Yeah, <laughs> well, That's an interesting question, actually. So how how have you marketed yourself, if at all?
1: Yeah, so I don't do any marketing, honestly. I mean, my Great Instagram answer. is like kind of my marketing. But, I mean, uh, honestly, I just post pictures of my work. Um, so
2: that's interesting, too, because, I mean, how much work are you getting? Tons?
1: Uh, Not tons. Oh, okay. but enough well, I thought you
2: said you were booked. No, I I, I, I do
1: work consistently. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I do work consistently. But I will say that, that in this town specifically, I find that's almost all word of mouth. Basically what we're doing right now. Referrals. Yeah, yeah just knowing oh, yeah. people straight up. Um, just trying to do good work consistently. Um, if I do mess up, fixing it and moving on. And just meeting people and just literally that's the old school part of the business. Like the internet part is the new part meeting all these people from outside of outside of Santa Fe, um, being a part of the world, being getting concepts that maybe people in Santa Fe don't have. Like, like if you want to learn about parallel compression, like how are we going to learn that in Santa Fe? I mean, maybe we could talk about it ourselves, but you could go online and subscribe to mix with the masters, which I do. And you can literally hear this from Chris Lord or you can literally hear it from Tony Maserati straight from their lips to your ears. Like, how Perfect. would you normally get that information? So that's awesome. But at the same time, my business model is essentially all word of mouth. It's like I try to do good work. I want to consistently do that. Um, of course, that's what I have to do if I want to continue to work. And then basically hopefully those people will be happy with my work and then they'll tell their friends or they'll refer me or something like that. And actually, like I said, I've been doing this for 13 years and I've only had success in the last year and a half or real success. I've been working for a while, but um, I think it's a culmination. And I think if, if um, I think it's part of the journey is just being patient Mm. and uh, excuse me, I know that patience is hard Dude, I don't want to be patient. I would have you rather know. have the success 13 years ago, but, <laughs> but I also didn't have the skill. Yeah. I didn't have the equipment and I didn't have the expertise back then. Right. And so it all kind of comes. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of organic in, in its own way. You know, like you kind of put in the work and you meet people and you don't burn people. Right. I mean, you. you if, if a project doesn't go right, it's like you have to make sure it. that it's yeah. cool. You fix it, whatever it is, you know, um, I've burned a few bridges since I've been in Santa Fe and they were intentional. Those were bridges I never wanted to cross again. Um, yeah. But it's rare and you don't want to burn bridges. So,
0: oh, no, Santa Fe is such a, a hard place when it comes to that. Uh, no, that is that's a that's a difficult one. Well, so it sounds like it's some some worldwide expertise, a lot of knowledge, all of the resources pulled together, and uh, resource to the local scene. So yes. that's Cabbie Sound. Thank hey, you, man. sir. Thank you for having me. Thank you, guys. By. Yeah. yeah, thanks for coming by, man.
1: Awesome. It's been great to be here.
0: So we'll include some links for you in the bio of this episode. You can check out Cabbie Sound, and uh, there are also a couple things you can listen to. But uh, I want to thank my man for coming by. Thank you for having us at your house the other day, too. Was, uh, thank amazing. you so much.
1: You guys are always welcome. And I uh, want you guys to come back again, and we'll have a little whiskey, yeah, and we'll hang out. was my
0: out. day off
2: yesterday, so. Yeah. Was it? Yeah.
0: Mother I should have told you. <laughs> I would have fucking <laughs> came over. I yeah, I thought you were busy. No, yeah, no, we'll, we'll,
1: we'll do it again, I man. Know. I'm not going anywhere,
0: so. All right. Well, hey, man. Caddy, pleasure to meet you. Thank you, guys. Bye. Be Radio. Radio. This has been a Beekeepers production 2018.